Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome back to another new episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that's determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive 365 days per year. I am Anthony. I'm Julia. I'm Tom. And I'm Matt. <gasps> Matt's Matt! Back. Or should we say Santa's damn, back? Damn. Yeah, you should. Santa! Oh my God! Santa here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, here. I even brought all my props that no one listening can see. They're all just sitting right here next to me. So you guys can all just get my props shoved in your face. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Nobody can see. <laughs> we can. I, I do love it's the enlightening cloak. our lives. Podcasting is a wonderful visual medium, Matt. I know it is. This is Prancer. See, that one's Prancer. And she's Aww. very happy Aww. she prances around. Uh, let's see. Who else do we got here? Oh, everybody loves this one. This one's Rudolph. <laughs> oh, nice. Rudolph. All right. That's enough of my visual gags now. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Matt, did I hear you have a podcast or something, right? I've got a couple at the moment. Yeah, I used to have three. Now I have two. Yeah. More manageable. More manageable. Yeah. Um, well, plus one of them was turning one of my favorite shows in the world into homework, which I also didn't like. Um, oh. I was doing a rewatch podcast of the X-Files and like there's 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 kind of nothing worse than watching a show you really love and having to take notes about it. So, yeah, I stopped that. we've been there with some that. classic Christmas stuff we thought we'd all enjoy. And then. Mm-hmm. No, I mean it's fine. I still ended up loving it. It was just the the turning like something that brought me joy into work was like I, I'm done with that now. Plus, it was just more <laughs> podcast editing, which I didn't enjoy. So, yeah. <laughs> now I just do North Pole Radio and Two Broke Geeks. Yeah. Well, now thanks to uh, being hijacked by certain uh, types of ads, we are no longer making money on ads here at Just a Podcast. So we have to fire our intern who was. Hi- editing all our episodes who is this intern you're talking about george glass no one no one gets that reference i got it it's just brady bunch <laughs> yeah i didn't get it that was jan's imaginary boyfriend when she was jealous oh okay yep anyway listeners surprise we said we'd be off for two weeks but always prepared and on top of the ball we had miscalculated our calendar and we're here the most prepared podcast in the world you know what i feel like our unpreparedness is what makes us uh enjoyable (laughs) relatable i always show up prepared and ready to go oh yes oh yes just like just like yesterday when when you texted us when you texted me do you want to record manana 
And I was like, well, we're all recording tomorrow because Julie doesn't go away for another week and Matt's coming on our show. <laughs> we we discussed this in the group chat literally after we hung up last week because because after you left, I was like, wait, Julie, are you away next week? <laughs> uh, I had a I had a big week. My brain was fried, y'all. <gasps> it happens this to week. all of us, Tom. Yeah. It does, especially as we get into our advanced years. I don't know what it's like to be. Well, I didn't know anybody that. here was in their advanced years, so that's news to me. <laughs> Julia, Julia, and I are. Yeah. Mm. True. You know, there will come a time when you can turn the tables on me when you guys are living the good old retired life, and I'm still working. And you'll be like, "Ha ha ha, you baby." <laughs> <laughs> Let's go uh. IPO. Let's go IPO. <laughs> How was your weeks, though? I mean, Tom just said his was big <laughs> or stressful or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it was just a lot going on. He did yeah. some traveling this last week, didn't you? I did. I went to the sunny Peoria, Illinois. Ellie got to meet her mm-hmm. birth sister for the first time. Oh, how'd that go? Did she like it? She did. Her. They did. They hit it off really well. She's adorable. Uh, yeah, we had fun. The problem when you buy a bed that you really like is that when you travel, it's never your bed. Yeah, true. Yeah. That's very true. That's such an yeah. old person thing to say too. Can I say I echo this as an, as an equally old person mm-hmm. that I'm looking forward to Disney, but I told Marty, I'm like, that's two weeks without our bed. Right. He's like, I know. Two oh, weeks yeah. on those bumpy rides, like you guys are gonna I know. Be like, sleep like babies. Yeah, we're gonna be hurting home. when we get back. <laughs> it's gonna be rough. Well, I'll jump in here before we go to Julie because I know Tom did get a piece of good news this week. He oh, yeah. is going to be in New York for Christmas in July and get to see his favorite New Yorker. That's exciting. Super who's exciting. his favorite New York? Tom, who's your favorite New Yorker? Is it John <laughs> Mulaney? Do you like John Mulaney? Is he your favorite New Yorker? <laughs> Uh, you know, I was really let down by his recent special. I probably would have said yes had I not watched it. Okay. You guys Gary so Busey, funny. is it? Uh, <laughs> Gary Busey has a solid Tulsa connection. I don't know if y'all know that or not. That's true. I think we talked about that once, but remind us what that connection is. I don't know. He lived here for a while, and uh, we have low-budget dime store Nick Nolte in Tulsa a lot. Mm-hmm. Huh. His dime store, McNulty. He really is. <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember Gary Busey on Family Guy, Anthony? I do. I also remember him popping up on Impractical Jokers a few times. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. a he's a character. He is a uh, uh, a problematic, uh, uh, touchy person. So I just mm. that's why I asked touchy Tom if it, I, I was hoping his favorite. Yeah, he goes places and touches people when they don't want them to. No, so. he just let his favorite New Yorker is yeah. Anthony, who only inappropriately touches him. Oh, <laughs> okay. I I had to sign an NDA per the per the the settlement, so I can't talk about it. <laughs> Julia, how was your week? I had a good week. Hannah's graduation party was on Sunday, and that was a ton of fun. I had a whole bunch of kids over and some adults as well. Um, it was successful and that is the end of our school year, which was the most exciting thing. <laughs> I feel like our school year didn't end until that. No, that's done. 
Um, so yeah. So now we transition to summer mode, which I'm fully Congrats, prepared Hannah. I am not ready for summer. So I am glad that I see picture people already posting pictures of their local craft stores and Michaels and places like that already putting out the fall mm. stuff. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hobby Lobby's got it going. Because I hate summer. I hate the heat. I have a, you know, I have reverse uh, seasonal, seasonal effective. effective. Yep. Yep. Give give me fall. I I was same scrolling hey, through man. and it's like Facebook knows how to target me. I saw these fall memes in my feed today from random groups I don't even follow. And my favorite one, which I saved because I'm gonna wait till we're June, July before I post it. It's uh me when it gets to hundred degrees and it's Winifred Sanderson, goodbye, cruel world, goodbye to life. <laughs> And I'm like, yes, that is me. Every time it gets very hot. 100%. I don't enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Plus, end of July, Target's going to be putting out there. Uh, it, it's a great pumpkin, Charlie Brown cereal. New cereal. I from saw that. This year. What? Yep, That's vanilla, fun. Vanilla flavored cereal. So I'm super psyched that all this fall Halloween stuff is starting to come out. And uh, hopefully summer just flies by. I sorry, sorry kids. <laughs> Get back to school, Anthony. Anthony's depressed. I mean, considering it's already the end of May, I'm like, how is what? What's going on? Where's all the time? What happened? I mean, Julia's Where gone next two weeks, which means, you know, we're not going to have an episode the next two weeks, which means we're going to be recording our Leon Day episode. We're going to have to double up the week Julia gets back and get our Leon Day episode in, too. Mm, okay. Because Leon Day, halfway to Christmas, is almost here. So, Santa Matt, you must be busy. Are you busy? No, I don't do uh, I do not do out-of-season stuff. I don't do any uh, Christmas in July or anything like that. Uh, you heard, with, you've heard it here, performing. folks. You've heard it here. Santa only works one night a year, and his elves are doing <laughs> all the work right now. <laughs> Okay, we're going to get into that. No, I'm not going to waste it. No, that's absolutely not true. None of that's true. That's not how it works. That's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. But Matt, before we get into tonight's episode, what have you been up to this past week? Anything exciting? What's new this past week with you? Uh, No, super exciting. I mean, uh, one of my favorite TV shows ended... Uh, which was really sad. Uh, the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel ended. Fantastic uh, ending. It was a really good finale, but it made me sad uh, that it was over. Um, let's see. Uh, been watching Yellow Jackets. That's really good. That just ended its season, new season. That just ended its new season. Yeah, I'm I'm starting to be. Although, and then uh, I don't know. Is anybody here uh, watch The Great on Hulu? Uh, I just saw that actually today suggested to me uh my wife and i we watched the first two seasons and the third season just dropped so we've been watching the third season of the great it's really really good uh it it, it may even be uh dare i say great ha 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 pun intended um that one's got uh, that one's got um uh l fanning nicholas holt uh, it's about Catherine. It's uh, sup- well, it's about quote unquote Catherine the Great of Russia, but it is probably the least historically accurate historical fiction show I've ever watched. Uh, um, I don't know a lot about Russian history, but this show kind of made me curious about it. So I started reading some things and went, 
oh, this had real Russian history has nothing to do with this TV show at all. I'm just going to watch this show <laughs> and enjoy it. <laughs> so, oh, that's funny. Uh, yeah, that is really funny. You know, I feel like that also makes summer go feel so much longer too. All the weekly TV stuff ends for this mm. season, and yeah, I'm sad Miss Measel ended. By the time this drops, Ted Lasso will have ended, which I'm sad about. Succession ended, which I'm sad about. I'm just all my three shows I adore just ended, and I'm over. You know, whatever. Hmm. But Anthony, they, Anthony needs all the good vibes. I do. But you know what? The good thing is about Mrs. Maisel and Ted mm. Lasso and Succession. Can watch them again. <laughs> thanks to streaming, you can watch them again. Just like you can watch well, most shows again mm, nowadays. I mean, until they decide to pull them, you know. That's why you still buy. I own <laughs> I own Succession. Right. I own, well, no, they don't make Ted Lasso available to buy yet. Apple TV, make it happen. Uh, say what you want about Max, people, and HBO, but even all their original streaming content, they still release to buy. So I'm happy about that. But anyway, speaking of things, shows that have long past ended that you can stream on Max of all places right now. Mm-hmm. Tonight, we are talking The Nanny. She was working in a bridal shop in Flushing, Queens, till her boyfriend kicked her out in one of those crushing scenes. What was she to do? Where was she to go? She was out on her fanny. So over the bridge from Flushing to the Sheffield's door. She was there to sell makeup, but the father saw more. She had style, she had flair. She was there. That's how she became the nanny. Who would have guessed that the girl we described was just exactly what the doctor prescribed? Now the father finds her beguiling. Watch out, CC. And the kids are actually smiling. She's the lady in red when everybody else is red. We gotta be careful about music. We got kicked off the Spotify for an episode. Did we? For 30 seconds oh, worth wow. of music? Not even. It was the uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Lame. Yeah, they're worried about us. We don't make a penny. We made $11.50 in advertising <laughs> last month before they started before they started placing. I wonder if everybody got like... at. It was just so weird. I don't know if it's regional. Or it's regional because I listened to mine. I got an ad about breaking up the internet and liberal ideas, but I did not get the Kevin McCarthy, President Biden. That doesn't make any huh. sense. Just for anybody that didn't doesn't know what we're talking about, I'll real quick recap it. I, I listened to the, I, I turned on the uh, Dennis the Menace Christmas episode of Tis the Pod from the most recent one. And I got like this ultra conservative, like Kevin McCarthy loving ad at the beginning of the episode. And I texted Anthony, I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> when, I, when I read that, Matt, I was like, do these people listen to our podcast? Because like the minute that ad plays, they're going to launch into an episode where there's always one conservative joke or something. In, in an episode or do they, don't, it, I, I don't even know how they targeted it because it wouldn't even, it's not even correct being targeted at me. So I, <laughs> I would like to know how many of our listeners out there were confused hearing how we talk in episodes for the past six years. And then and I had like that at the beginning, like what are they? <gasps> they sold their souls. There is a price. I'm sorry. For I'm sorry. Apparently, it's eleven dollars and fifty cents. This episode is brought to you by the NRA. Do you want to be part of the problem? Do you enjoy <laughs> seeing children run screaming for their lives? 
just <laughs> donate to the NRA today. Thank you. <laughs> Matt, this is why we need to have you on more often because you fit right in. Uh, <laughs> do y'all listen to do y'all, any of y'all listen to Behind the Bastards? No. Mm-mm. Nope. Oh, it's uh, Robert Evans, and he's a former like Iraq War journalist. It's great, but he goes through historical and present day bastards and talks about how horrible they are. And almost every episode they make they make fun of their advertisers and also make fake ads for Raytheon, you know, the company that makes the bombs that they drop on civilians all over the world. Yeah. Anyway. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend the podcast if you're looking for something good. They had a, their spinoff did a great thing where I learned way more than I ever thought I needed to know about George Soros. Tom's podcast recommendation is not sponsored by the NRA. This is the podcast, the only podcast sponsored by the NRA. If you want to be part of the problem, join the NRA. For those who have been living under a rock, the nanny is about a Jewish American woman who was fired from her job and dumped by her boyfriend, who ends up becoming the nanny to the three children of a rich English widower. And as time passes, the two fall for one another. I have a better description of the nanny. No, you don't. I do. She was working in a bridal shop in Flushing, Queens, till her boyfriend (laughs) kicked her out in one of those crushing scenes. What was she to do? Where was she to go? She was out on her fanny. So over the bridge from Flushing to the Sheffield's door, she was there to sell makeup, but father saw more. She had style. She had flair. She was there. That's how she became the nanny. Who would have guessed that the girl you described, Tom, is just exactly what the doctor prescribed? (laughs) Anyway, the nanny. Uh, popular <laughs> sitcom in the 90s. What are your histories with this show? Guests first, Matt. Yeah, I remember watching this show quite a bit, and uh, like my grandmother really enjoyed it, so I would watch it with my grandmother. Um, and then it, it then it went away for a long time, right? And um, you know, uh, I was actually pretty excited when it when it came back on Max, and I I watched the whole thing, and um. <clears throat> my my modern view on it is is a little bit different i i think the the cracks of old style tv show a little bit when you watch something like this in a binge format uh i i think the premise stretched out a little too long this probably would have been better served as like a limited nowadays series where they're like okay three seasons and we're out mm. but just throwing on an episode from time to time to watch it, it it's still to me is is really funny so that's kind of my my thoughts on it so we never my family never sat down to watch the nanny like intentionally but if it was on we would sort of i don't know catch it and watch it with mild enjoyment and then move about with our day so i'm definitely not a hardcore nanny watcher um but I don't remember disliking it when it was on, um, but it wasn't something we followed. I don't think I'd ever seen any of the Christmas episodes um, before today for the podcast. So those were all fresh and new to me. Um, and I, I mean, I enjoyed them. It's enjoyable to me. I grew up watching this with my grandparents. They were big fans. They thought Fran Drescher was pretty funny. Uh, she was okay. You know, I agree with Matt. If you watch this, even in the last Christmas episode or the the Hanukkah episode. Yeah, the Hanukkah uh, episode. That's pretty near the end of the show. You can feel it towards the end of the show. You can feel stuff run its course. It's 
not as funny. But I'll tell you though, like when I when I was sitting watching it, like when it first came back on Max, and I hadn't seen it in years, it is one of those things where like they play the uh, the she's in love with him he's reserved and stuffy and doesn't want to admit he's in love with her for way too uh, the show's five seasons it really could have been three but it's it's that old tv thing where they didn't know like nobody went into a tv show back then planning for a certain nowadays they plan for a certain number of seasons crazy ex-girlfriend they were like we have four seasons of a tv show and that's it we're done at four you know we have a four season story and this show somebody went in and said we have this story and then every year they had to wait and find out if they were going to come back and then come up with more story which is kind of the downfall of i even get that watching my other favorite show in the world you know, one of my favorite shows in the world, rather not my other, but the X-Files gets that where I'm like, oh God, I can't believe there's 24 episodes a season. And you can tell each season they're like, maybe we'll come back next year. Maybe we won't. We're waiting for the network to tell us. And the downfall of that old model of thinking too, is if you're canceled, you don't get a resolution. I think of they never got off the island on Gilligan's Island because they're canceled. Forget the made for TV Mm -hmm. movies years later that alf was captured and at the end of alf that they were captured and canceled yeah. forget yeah. the crappy made for tv movie in the 90s resolving mm-hmm. that without just, the original yeah, family and, yeah and just to me the weakest part was just making storylines that that didn't need to go on super long go on because without them you didn't have a tv show in in the case of the nanny when she finally got married to to you know Sheffield it was like okay the show's over now and they still went on for like another whole season when they were married <laughs> you know Anthony it, it still happens with planned shows manifest was it was slated for six seasons and only made three right oh right right, right. yeah correct well well that finished on Netflix didn't it yeah that it does still happen with planned shows but oh it, it it does yeah but I have a very similar history to both of you, Matt and Tom. I watched this show with my grandmother and um, this and the Golden Girls. And watching these Christmas episodes today took me back and made me really miss her because my grandmother died New Year's Eve 2021 or just before New Year's Eve 2021. So it was nice. Mm-hmm. It made me feel close to her again. And um, But I do remember... I. Loved it as a child, watching it with grandma and putting it on today. Yeah, it kind of makes me want to go back like Matt did a while ago and rewatch the series. Um, Just watch some of it at a time. Don't you like you can if you want, but I, I promise you it actually doesn't benefit from watching it all at once. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I Like you said, a lot of those older, long drawn out yeah. shows don't. But um, I will say as a child, I did always get confused between Fran Dreschner and Janice on Friends. And then as mm. an adult, I realized Janice is Janice is putting on the voice. Fran Dreschner's mm. is not. Doesn't so, matter. She can still get it. There's my Anthony oh, she, for the show. A hundred percent. You know, this the show also always remind me, I another show I loved growing up too, which is kind of like the inverse of this, was Who's the Boss, where he's the male nanny for all oh, intents right. and purposes. Oh, yeah. Mona. Uh, yeah, Angela. I, that's a good Italian New York impression. I'll give you that. Yeah. Oh, God. Tony Danza. 
but yeah, so that's another one I liked, and that's another one I'd like to revisit at some point. But anyway, so do they have Christmas th- episodes? They do. Mm. Huh. So Fran Dreschner plays Fran Fine, and this is definitely the most uh, famous thing. She like her biggest role, right? I mean, it was written mm-hmm. by her, created by her. Uh, it was it was her starring vehicle, and to this day, she's still the nanny. Uh, always talks about a reboot or continuation or something, but again, leave well enough alone. Um, mm-hmm. But she's been on other stuff. She was she made her debut in Saturday Night Fever. She was in American Hot Wax. She was in Wes Craven's Stranger in Our House. She was in This Is she Spinal was, Tap. Yeah, I was about to say she was in This Is Spinal Tap, baby. <laughs> Uh, she's appeared on Broad City. Happily Haven't we been... covered her? We have! We yes. did! Santa Slay. Santa yeah. Slay, very early on. Uh, so, we can leave that. We can leave it at that, but Fran Dreschner fans in general, because for me, it's pretty much the nanny, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so. I think so. You did not like seeing her hair catch fire? I mean, I, I loved that, that whole opening. Charles Shaughnessy plays Maxwell Sheffield, the British Broadway producer. Um, he has been on Days of Our Lives. This is probably his biggest thing, uh, mm-hmm. though he has been, also been on Mad Men, The Magicians, General Hospital. He was in one of my favorite made-for-TV Disney movies back in the 90s, Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire, with Aunt yeah, Rosa from Sabrina. I swear I saw him in something recently. He is in a lot of made-for-TV Christmas movies now, but not on Hallmark. No, that wasn't... Hmm. Interesting. Keep... Okay. And uh, he also played Prince Charles in the made-for-TV movie Harry and Meghan Becoming Royal. Oh, and he was a modern family recently. So, anyway, this guy... Hmm. I think he is super charismatic. I think he's funny. I've liked him in other stuff, but I always liked him on this show. What are your thoughts on this guy? I mean, yeah, he's good on this. And um, for the life of me, I can't think of what I saw him in recently, but um, I guess it doesn't matter because I like him in this just fine. So, yeah, just fine. Just nanny fine. Yeah, no, I think he's I mean, uh, he's the one I think that they give the least funny and interesting stuff to do. But well, he you know, he's a straight his... man, right? He's the one who has mm-hmm. to balance out the craziness. Every show has it, or yeah. But also, I just there. I mean, but also, I've seen funnier straight men. I think that the the material they gave him is just not quite as good to work with. Is all as I always tell people when I talk TV with them. Funniest straight guy in a sitcom. One of the funniest straight guys in a sitcom is Oscar on The Office. But and the ironic part is he's gay, even though he's a straight man. Mm. <laughs> he was a voice in Scooby Doo Mystery Incorporated. Was that it? Which, Maybe, by the yeah. way, is a fantastic TV show. Yeah, it is. That must be where I remember. Yeah, I must have remembered hearing him in that. So hmm. interesting. Julia, Tom, do you like this guy? He's perfectly British. I always like that about him. Uh, you know, he's he does the role well. 
Speaking of perfectly British, Daniel Davis, the American actor, plays Niles, from the butler. Um, he did not know he was American. Yep. He is known for playing Professor Moriarty on Star Trek The Next Generation. He's so good. Uh, he voiced the Cro-Magnon in Cartoon Network's Big Pick. And if you Google what this guy looks like now, he has aged horribly and he looks like Mrs. Voorhees from the original Friday the 13th movie. But wow. he, <clears throat> he is a fantastic actor. I love him on this show. I do love him on this show. He's a, him and Fran's relationship I love. He's so funny. I love how <clears throat> I love how he's always putting Cece in her place and just all the sarcastic comments dude i'm sorry oh. he looks like dumbledore's brother he looks like hamill i was gonna say that looks like mark hamill almost yeah. oh. i was thinking an old an older nick offerman oh yeah oh I see yeah that i can see that I okay definitely see oh, that, that too, too. yeah mm-hmm. uh, so i apologize for my comments somebody just uploaded a really bad picture from wikipedia which is where i get my news from so that's like a news. Star Trek convention being a, you know, repping, repping being Moriarty too. So cool. Uh, but this guy, you know, he's had a lot of guest roles on TV. Uh, Cheers, Dynasty. He's done a voice on the Rugrats, MacGyver, LA Law, Murder, She Wrote, Ah, Real Monsters, Duckman, Frasier, Elementary. Oh, Gotham. Arkansas. I said he was from Kentucky. He's from Arkansas. Sorry about that. <laughs> So, uh, yeah. So, you guys fans of him? I mean, I I love him in this. He's they give him the funniest stuff to do, um, and he's really yeah, good do. at it. And uh, I, you know, I he was in those couple episodes uh, being Professor Moriarty on Star Trek, and I like those too. So, yeah, I like him. He's the funniest person on the show. Absolutely. We're and this whole '90s era snarky British Butler, mm-hmm. yeah, snarky Butler thing like works for me in most places. It worked in Fresh Prince, it works here. Like, <clears throat> I not, like this. Not it worked in my house growing up. I was about to say, not to get too far along, I love the flashbacks to Young Niles and Maxwell in the third episode. Oh, I was. I oh. thought you were. I thought you were going to be like not to get uh, not to get too far along, but he reminded me a lot of my British Butler growing. Up. <laughs> uh, Lauren Lane plays Cece Babcock, Maxwell's business partner. Uh, she is best known for playing Cece, who is very into Maxwell at the beginning of the show, jealous of Nanny Fine, not beloved by Niles or the children at first. Niles grows to have a love-hate relationship with her as it goes along. Um, mm-hmm. I liked her and Niles' relationship a lot on this show. Uh, mm-hmm. I think she's great, but yeah, uh, this is definitely her biggest thing she's been in. Are we fans of this actress? I can't say I'm a fan because she's so hateable, but she does a really yeah. good job of being that villain. Yeah, yeah. and in, in saying you're a fan of her... Like you said, this is like really the only thing she's done. So it's but and in these Christmas episodes, they don't showcase her very well. Because 
because she's also like Tom said, she's very hateable, but she's also very funny. They give her very mm -hmm. funny stuff to do. And that's not quite showcased properly in these episodes. But other than that, mm -hmm. I like her a lot. So Nicole Tom plays Maggie Sheffield, the oldest child, who I recognize immediately now watching this back. Didn't realize it as growing up. Beethoven. She was very yep. Newton. She was Beethoven. The, she was the older sister. And she also yep. voiced Supergirl in the DC Animated Universe. So mm, big I fan of that. her. Big fan of her. Um, I always thought she was, as of the three kids, she was always the least interesting, interesting to me because she was the oldest. So she didn't have mm -hmm. as much of the... Uh, as much of the quote-unquote drama as the younger kids had growing up. But I mm -hmm. like her. Yeah. Yeah, she's fine. Yeah, Yeah, same. She's fine. Benjamin Salisbury plays Bright in Sheffield, the middle child. He played Martin Short's son in the 1992 film Captain Ron, and he appeared in D3, The Mighty wow. Ducks. He was a contestant on Teen Jeopardy, where he played against Kirsten Dunst and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He won with $1, but received $15,000 for charity, while the other two got 10000 each. Otherwise, he has appeared in an episode of Numbers and Domino commercials. Hmm. So this was really his wow. big... And he was fine. Probably the biggest of the three kids, because she had a hit show on Showtime... Madeline Zima plays Grace Sheffield, the youngest. Now, it's crazy to think she, and I'm happy that she is older than me. She's 37 years old. It's crazy watching it back now that she's older than me. But right. you see all of her on Californication on Showtime. All Perfect. of her. And, uh, I mean, that's the whole, she sets the whole plot into motion, the whole thing into motion. She convinces uh Mulder there from uh David Duchovny <laughs> that she is of age and they sleep together and she's really underage and she did it because she wants him to look at her writing. Uh jeez. Oh, <laughs> but you see all of her. Uh, but she was a great actress on that show. Very funny. She's great she's good on this as a cute little girl. But those are her two biggest things. Grace Sheffield, uh and Mia Lewis on Californication, and then Gretchen Berg on Heroes, which talk about a show that went on uh, off the rails. Mm -hmm. They were victims of the writer, writer strike, right? I think you're right, Tom. The first couple seasons were amazing, and then I think season three was writer strike, and it all went downhill. Huh. I believe you're correct. And I, I was just going to say she's funny in this show, except... Um, they they kind of start the series playing her as like neurotic and having having um, mental health issues and uh, she's really good at that and then she becomes more well adjusted as the the show goes on and kind of has nothing to do I mean as the show goes on pretty much most of the kids have nothing to do except they kind of make bright and super snarky and he gets to stay around to like deliver one-liners and, and be kind of goofy and the two daughters just kind of get pushed away so that's unfortunate she's had yeah. a pretty um steady career since the nanny guest starred on a lot of tv shows like seventh heaven gilmore girls king of the hill Vampire Diaries, Grimm, Twin Peaks, You, um, Hacks, Doom Patrol. She's had a recurring role. Uh, 
but yeah, it's the nanny, heroes, and Californication are her big three starring roles. So hmm. that is our main cast. Uh, well, Nanny Fine has three family members. Renee Taylor plays her mother, Sylvia Fine. Rachel Chagall plays Val Turriello, her best friend. Uh, and Anne Morgan Gilbert plays Yetta, her grandmother. Mm-hmm. And so. Ray. Let's not and forget Ray Charles. Ray. Uh, yeah. Ray Charles. Ray Charles. Mm-hmm. Her as Yetta's fiance. As Yetta's fiance. Yep. Yep. So Sammy. 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 <laughs> so tonight we're covering the three. I'll call them Christmaka episodes because there's a mix of Christmas and Hanukkah in here. And uh, since I am unexpectedly hosting, that means I get to decide who talks about each episode, who walks us through the plot for each. And luckily, there are three other people besides me on this show. So, Julia, why don't you take, spoiler alert, what I think is the best of the three, and talk <laughs> episode one, season one, episode eight, Christmas episode, and walk us through that one. Um, it's so funny to me. It's called Christmas episode, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it is. That I just makes that. me laugh. Um, okay, original air date for this one was December 22nd in 1993. Um, brief plot synopsis is, much to his children's disappointment, as well as Fran's, Maxwell has to be in Washington, D.C. on Christmas Day. Meanwhile, Fran has overextended herself in buying gifts. So we've got we've got a setup for the crew. It, it seems like the episode starts just a couple days like even if the day before the day before Christmas um, and we see um, hubbub around the house. It, it does appear that that the this house is a decorate, put the tree up very close to Christmas house. You know, we've talked about that in the past, right? Um, mm. So it's a, I think, fairly traditional. It's a real tree. They're decorating the tree. Fran is super excited about it because it's her first Christmas tree since she's grown up without, you know, tree in the house although she does talk about the one time her mom put a tree up and called it the hanukkah bush which i thought hanukkah was bush. I appreciated that sorry <laughs> you're mispronouncing that julia oh that doesn't come until the third episode the third one we're covering hanukkah, hanukkah. hanukkah. <laughs> so was uh, anyone else reminded of tom when they were talking about how anal their dad is with the order of how to decorate the tree that reminded me of tom like lights versus tinsel versus the ornament. <laughs> <laughs> because she but does attempt to put true. tinsel on and they gasp <laughs> but it's true there's thank a thank you matt you're tom i'm with you buddy tinsel doesn't go on but there's a way to do these things <laughs> um yep. we get a funny little um is it niles mm-hmm. okay great yeah part of my fraser brain was like is it niles um so we get a funny little thing where you know, Maxwell's like, the lights aren't twinkling. <laughs> Niles plugs them in. Here. <laughs> plugs them to make them twinkle, which made me laugh. Um, the great sadness, however, is the reality that Maxwell's not around a lot for Christmas. Like, he does seem to never spend Christmas Day with his family. And so they do things like this, like celebrating Christmas a whole day early, to the point where Santa makes Santa makes a special trip to their house to visit. Um with cookies and everything. And Fran is bothered by this. She's also equally bothered by the lack of belief in some of the kids as well. 
Um, and so yeah, she's especially really youngest Gracie. That's, that's right, why I had, I, had to, I had to stop this because they were talking about that and Elle was around. I'm like, mm, nope. <laughs> um, so we have the side story. That's the main story going on is that the daddy's not going to be home for Christmas. So let's do the thing early. We have a small little subplot that factors into the big plot where Niles is cleaning outside of the office, out of Maxwell's office and is like, don't go in there. And Fran's like, why not? I got to talk to him. He's like, he's making the Christmas bonuses out. And this is new information to her. Christmas bonus. <laughs> like what? Um, up to four figures. So she's oh, genuinely excited about this. Um, and uses that information to um to overextend herself, as our brief plot synopsis says. She realizes she's she has this whiff of an idea that money will be coming in. And so she goes out. And she she's trying to compensate for the fact that dad's not going to be there. And so she buys sweet, thoughtful gifts for each kid, wraps them, and basically tells her uh, tells Val the great balancing act of, well, I bought them because I know that Monday, <laughs> you know, the banks will be closed and then it'll give me an extra day to make it to the bank to deposit this fat check I'm going to get from my boss. And so... That's the overextended nature of this. So when we actually have Christmas, early Christmas with the family, um, the kids love her presents. She embraces the presents from the kids that she gets, um, the handmade gifts and all of that. And she does talk about, um, you know, that it's the thought behind the gift that matters, not the gift, even though it's she's still the nanny. So you know that she's still like, oh, okay. <laughs> <You know? laughs> In a lovable way. We definitely, you never hate, I like, I always appreciated that. You never hate Fran for how she is. It gives me one of my, one of my favorite jokes. Cause um, she gets the, the little uh, thing that she doesn't know what it is. Right. And uh, <laughs> she, you know, she, it's a pajama hold. Oh, and Niles <laughs> is like, oh, it's especially great because you don't wear it. And she's like, you dusted your keyhole, mister. Because <laughs> <laughs> earlier when he was talking earlier when he's talking about the christmas bonuses he says he knows he's making out the christmas bonuses because the keyholes are awfully dusty and need cleaning <laughs> oh. oh i love his humor it makes me laugh i love um, the relationship like they're close enough where he can make that joke and instead of getting offended she just says oh you dusted your last keyhole exactly mm -hmm. um yeah so we've got um we have maxwell being whisked away by CC, 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 um, off to the airport to fly because he uses it. Um, at the reason, and I might be getting this confused with the third one. This one is some event he's going to, um, to support. He has to go to the charity event. Mm -hmm. That's right. For what? For well, people? according to CC, it's. <laughs> she didn't even know what it was, she's... but it was very important. She didn't, but it was very important. Um, it was it's to support you know underprivileged children, right? But she's all like, you know, it's poor people, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So he leaves, and effectively, the youngest daughter is like, you know, what I want from Santa is I want my dad home for Christmas. Um. You know, the great ungivable <laughs> mm -hmm. gift for Fran. That's a tall order. Um. So. 
in the whole gift giving process, um, before he leaves for the charity event, Maxwell gives um, Niles his envelope, which has a big fat check in it. We don't get to see that it's significant because she makes big, like saucer eyes goes <laughs> wide as saucers. But, but Niles also does his, oh, sir, I can't tell you how much I deserve this. <laughs> <laughs> And then, and then she does not get an envelope. She gets a box because she had given Maxwell total crap about gifts, meaning, needing to have meaning behind them, right? It's the meaning of the gift, not the gift itself. So he gets her this little vase that is lovely, um, but it's definitely not a fat check. And so she's like, oh, great. And great. So he goes to the airport and she goes to the pawn shop because boy, she's got some bills she's got to cover from all these gifts that she got the kids. Um, cause she's definitely not getting those gifts back from the kids to return. So no. she, uh, goes to the pawn shop and pawns the vase for money. And, um, we are to think she uses this money or is going to use this money to pay her bills off. Um, she then of course realizes why, the vase was given to her she talks on the phone with maxwell i think or he it's talks just about as he's, he's leaving, leaving. yeah mm-hmm. and he's like you know why i got it i got it because it reminds me of you and it's this you know beautiful thing you've really lightened our lives up and the sweet words like super sweet words so sweet that she's like well crap i've got to go get that face back so she goes to get the vase back and ends up doing i mean a bit of a gift to the magi and a gift to the magi dust on it feeling to me even though it wasn't a true one for one where she pawns her mother's her grandmother's watch to get the vase back because of the great meaning that it bestowed and it was super nice so she's still in a financial pickle Uh, maxwell stuck at the airport and starts to have um, thoughts well why am i here you know and and i maybe i have time because niles calls him like the nice guy he is and is like do you know what Fran did for you effectively, right? To keep this gift mm-hmm. that you got her. And so he gives her the whole thing. And so Maxwell's like, I got to make this right. Question. So Fran is at confession. Mm-hmm. And. Yeah, don't overthink it. Okay. So don't overthink it. Was that like, a, did she do that when she joined the family? Because no, I well, assume they're she, Catholic. They they were going to uh midnight mass and she she there was a line in there she did ask niles um is can i can anyone confess or is that just for the home team and he says something about i don't see why not and so she goes to get up and confess and where's fran she's gone to confess she went and did she she went to change her dress she went to undress Uh <laughs> I, I love the start of her confession. Bless me, Father, for I have shopped. Well, I don't know the penance for that one, but uh Ten Hail Macy's might do. I also love oh. we we skipped over when they're at the airport. Tom, the, Tom sighing. I know, Tom. Uh, I'm sorry. And there's the Santa there ringing the bell, right? And Cece turns and she says, "I will hit you with that bell," <laughs> or whatever she says. And I've not nice but i've had that thought have you ever been to the store and they're standing out in front just ringing 
ringing that bell for all they're worth and they just don't stop and you're like i know that they're like but like i'll pay you to stop ringing that here here's money give me that bell stop it <laughs> you, you are literally talking to the guy who lives in new york where there's one of those guys at every corner for three months of the year oh oh gosh a lot of bell ringing um right okay so she's in confession and she's you know working through her stuff um maxwell shows up and it has done a very another sweet thing um and has retrieved her watch presents it to her in a beautiful box and she's like it's not my grandmother's watch but thank you so much (laughs) so sweet and then he sits on the base he sits on (laughs) the base so we actually have our youngest daughter's wish fulfilled um, mm-hmm. with some fair amount of Christmas magic here in the last final scene where we've got dad on on a bed in the hospital on his tummy because we're to imagine he has some level of vase shards in his hindquarters. Um, the family's together. <laughs> quasi decorating behind him which is sweet right decorating him, to him. <laughs> yeah and uh the santa who had had his bell rung by cece shows up in the bed next to him um and we only know this because he talks about how a woman had beaten him with his own bell um and fran in such a sweet moment because she's precious by nature is like, why don't we include, you know, Mr. Claus in our festivities over here and opens the curtain and guess what? The magical wind is happening. The door is open and Santa is not there. And guess what? He's a real Santa. He Can is we real. talk about this Santa for a second, please? <laughs> He's it, no well, you, that's for What sure. are your thoughts, Santa Matt? Uh, well, it, if we're going to have that this is... The, the real Santa. I have a couple notes. Note number one, he's got the worst belly booster in the world on. <laughs> it's, you can see it. He's got a shelf. Like mm-hmm. it's, 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 he's got on the plastic belts, the very shiny plastic belt. <laughs> and the worst thing of all, in my opinion, he's not wearing real boots. He is wearing boot toppers which is oh oh no they're toppers and i'm like oh guys if you're like i get it you're a tv show in the 90s but like there's no boots anywhere for you to put on this guy you've got to put toppers over like a pair of dress shoes and we're supposed to go this is the real santa he's not even wearing real boots anyway that's (laughs) that's valid because usually the the character you see in shows like this that ends up being you know our santa figure does look a little better yeah but no it is Mm -hmm. a nice moment right there at the end otherwise and it's always a little weird like the it's a thing where like it's always a little weird where you're watching a show that's otherwise very non um fantastical like very real world based and then like they have this one moment of like and there he is flying away you know <laughs> that's a very po- that's a very that was, popular thing to do in sitcoms um, it was 80s and 90s it was a big thing they did even the before time. that i love lucy did it mm-hmm. the real santa at the end 
Gilligan's oh, Island, they right. had the real Santa, and I was still left questioning this poor guy didn't re- this guy didn't rescue them from the island. He just showed up on the island. Oh. Oh, terrible Santa if he showed up and left him there. Terrible. The Gilligan's <laughs> Island is pretty fantastical throughout, though. Yeah, no, I know for sure. But, I just but that is like... a terrible Santa. Oh, you really mm-hmm. wanted to get off the island? Sorry, you can't do it. Here's a new yeah. boombox or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> couldn't bring him a boat to go home. <laughs> No radio to call for help. <laughs> it ends with another 90s trope, kind of like that. They're all looking directly into the camera. They're yeah. all facing the same direction, which makes no Like, they're not even speaking to the camera. They're not doing a happy holidays from the nanny. They're, like, playing a scene, all just looking down the barrel of the camera. <laughs> I hate that trope so much. That was curious. Yeah. yeah but you're right, curious. Matt. That's a very popular thing TV shows used to do as well. But mm-hmm. I like this episode a lot. It, gave, it made me laugh. It gave me the Christmas feels, this one. Um, and it was funny. Like, it really was funny. Like, um, I liked when Niles and Fran were talking about uh, Fran was like, oh, get into the Christmas spirit, you old Scrooge. And I was just like, spoken by the one who doesn't have to clean it all up. And she's <laughs> like, oh, that's the thing about Hanukkah. Eight candles and a menorah. No fuss, no muss. And Niles is like, is it too late to convert? And she's like, never. The gay about mitzvah. And of course, the circumcision. And Niles is like, suddenly I'm filled with the Christmas spirit. <laughs> <laughs> is, it this, is it this one later? Is it this one or the later one where... Uh they're talking about all the, the things to be packed and CC comes out and he goes, Oh yes, I did forget about one old bag. <laughs> yeah. I think that was this one. Yeah. That was funny. Yep. Yeah. I like this one. It felt Christmassy. I had a nice storyline and I liked it. It was good. I love when Fran is like offend, almost offended that Max is move. Maxwell is moving Christmas or to an earlier day, and she's like, "He's moving Christmas. You can do that." And Niles is like, "They do it for Washington's birthday." And Fran is like, "Well, I never got that either. I mean, you go to all the trouble fathering a nation before you know what you're sharing the third Monday in February with Lincoln in a white sale." Ugh. <laughs> Just be a bunch of Tom going, oh, Max, what am I standing under? I can't quite see. It's mistletoe, huh? Looks more like Looks holly. Like holly. <laughs> it's mistletoe. And then Fran, and then Fran her comes over and kisses her on the cheek as she pushes her way to the office. I love that. <laughs> I love the moment between oh. Fran and Grace too, where Fran asked her what you want for Christmas, and Grace says, "Daddy." And Fran realized that mm-hmm. she stepped in it and she was like, oh, well, how about a nice easy bake oven? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I liked um, I liked when Gracie gets the, oh, daddy, the the scream. I love it. And she punches it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the bicycle uh, kit. <laughs> the bicycle kit. Oh, yeah. He, he asked for, who did he ask for? All he wanted was, um, Oh, I, uh, oh, it was one of those 90s super. It wasn't Brooke Shields. Um, oh, Cindy Crawford. Yes, that's Cindy, it. Yeah, Cindy Crawford. Cindy Crawford. At least she's put together or whatever he said. At least she's, she's built. She's built. Built. That's it. <laughs> I loved what Fran was like. At least 
He only has to work Christmas. My sister's a caterer. She has to work every single holiday. Thank God we fast on Yom Kippur. We'd never see her. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and then I did love where she's questioning the 12 days of Christmas because I've always had this with the song. A lot of birds. She's like, oh, that's a weird song. I mean, five golden rings, I can understand. Ten lords of leaping, I'm there. But all the birds, French hens, turtle doves, six geese of laying, who wants to see them? <laughs> it's true, though. I'm with her. And that just also reminds me of The Office, where Andy tried to gift Aaron the 12 Days of Christmas, mm. and she was being attacked, and she was like, whoever's my secret Santa, please stop. <laughs> stop. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Uh, what would y'all rank this one? Wait, well, did it have a Linus moment? I mean, oh. well, mm, no. It's pretty really. thin. Yeah. I think it's there, but yeah, it's it's almost have to stretch for it. Well, I think yeah. Max knew the the meaning of Christmas. He just was going to a, his charity event instead. I it's eh, nah. And it was the injury that waylaid him to spend time with his family because he was still yeah. planning on fixing things with Fran and then heading back to the airport. Yeah, good point. So no Linus moment. Yeah. yeah. So what do you give this one? I give it a seven. Eight. I'll give it an eight. Yeah. Oh, I really liked it. I'm giving it a ten. Hmm. I enjoyed the heck out of this episode watching it. So eight point three. Nice. I'm gifting our next one, Oi to the World, Season 3, Episode 14, to Tomas. Okay. Oi to the World uh, is also listed as a Christmas special. So some places take it out of the the numbering for the season i I mentioned that to anthony the other day because i was watching this one and i was like i have no memory of this episode (laughs) and in fact i when i watched the series a couple years ago whenever it first came out on max or hbo max or whatever we're calling it now it wasn't (laughs) there (laughs) so when i went and i yeah it is there now, but it wasn't there before. Wow. This Oi to the World is a quasi-musical Christmas special that's a little bit different from the rest of the nanny because it is animated. Another trope that happened with shows, and it still happens. Community did it for their Christmas episode not too long ago. Well, they did the stop motion. So good. It it is so good. In this episode, Brighton is being his typical self, only concerned about himself. And Fran gets frustrated and decides, look, we are going to go to a homeless shelter and you're going to help others. Because Brighton makes a deal that he doesn't want to buy anybody gifts. He doesn't like the, the, the process of buying gifts, but he does like to receive them. As they're going... Fran suffers a traumatic brain injury of some sort (laughs) and finds herself in an alternate world where she comes across a candy-laden winter wonderland. Brighton starts eating candy, talking about how amazing it is, and then Fran says she's going to stay strong. He tells her it's free. She gives in and eats it. 
And then they run into one of the strangest characters <laughs> I can possibly could possibly have imagined. Elvish. <laughs> El Elphis. Elphis, who is very obviously Niles, but is a an Elvis like singing elf. And how we find him, she goes to eat a candy cane that is, in fact, his leg. And he's not too happy about being bitten. But he does sing. He informs them that they're at the North Pole. And she is going to take Brighton to meet Santa Claus, the second richest, richest man in the North Pole. Second to whom? The dentist. Yes, the dentist. Thank you. The I dentist. Because everything is candy. But as they are going uh, to meet everybody... They find a villain, mm-hmm. the abominable Cece, the amazing Babcock. Cece, the abominable Babcock. Between the three of us, we got there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, Cece, the abominable Babcock, who wants to destroy this Christmas. Oh, the other weird thing: the when dog talks. She, when she leaves, they bring Chester, the dog, who belongs mm. in real life. The real Chester was Fran Drescher's dog. But in the show, I don't know why they brought the dog to the homeless shelter, for one. Mm. And two, I don't know why she brought Cece's dog to begin with. I wouldn't think Cece would. Cece does not like her dog in the show. Um, Cece has Chester, but does not like Chester. And Chester does not like Cece. Chester likes Fran. The joke is that the dog Ah. loves Fran and hates Cece. And so Fran treats the dog very well and takes him places. And uh, Cece kind of sometimes forgets she even has a dog. I think at one point, <laughs> she, uh, at one point in the show, she goes to a mental institution for a while. It's how they wrote the actress off the show for her pregnancy. And when she comes back, she remembers that she had a dog in the first place. And she thought he died in the apartment because her apartment smelled bad. And she's like... <gasps> God, I had a dog, and Fran is like, "Don't worry, I have your dog." <laughs> what? That's yes. hilarious. That's um, wild. Yeah. A- apparently, this isn't the per- first time they've had problems with Cece the Abominable Babcock. She gets mm-hmm. very irritable every twenty-eight years, and as Elvis tells us, Elvis tells us she's very regular. <laughs> Gotta love a good. Uh... Time of the month joke. <laughs> yeah. So it's the 28 she, years part that doesn't, it's weird. Anyway, go on. <laughs> right. So they go and they meet Santa. Or as he is introduced, Chris Kringle. And it is obviously Maxwell Sheffield who is Santa. The hmm. even in her concussed state, she is taken aback by him and she asks where mrs kringle is and he goes on to inform us that mrs kringle as well as the red suit and the belly and the beard and the beard are all products of his publicist and she looks and says gee if only i knew he looked like this i might have converted so throughout this we see brighton is continuing upon his very selfish journey he took a bunch of candy and then he took a bunch, he had a bunch of presents that he took when they saw the workshop and he's, he's not learning his lesson. 
But Chris Kringle is distraught because Christmas is going to get canceled because of CC the abominable Babcock, right? She's going to make it difficult. So we're going to have to have a showdown. Bran goes to CC's ice palace with the intent of turning up the heater to destroy her. And I do did find it funny that something so obviously such an obvious that has such an obvious heater, solution. Yeah, uh-huh. it's there. She goes to to her not, but she gets caught by CC and decides that all she has to do is be nice, give her a little kindness and understanding, and it'll save Christmas. And it works. And she wakes up. And Christmas well, is saved. She <laughs> she gets her the Rain Man boyfriend, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, right. She hooks him up. She hooks uh, him up, and she's suddenly happy. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Got her a boyfriend. Got her good, good boyfriend. Good boyfriend, Rain Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they did the joke in the special, you know. So. Uh. Oh. I did not know who that was when I was watching this. The nineties. Yeah. Was like, oh, you didn't know that it was supposed to be Dennis Hoffman. Dennis, I didn't pick uh, up on that right away. Mm-mm. Yeah. I oh, loved okay. that the reindeers, the reindeer in the special on National Personality. I love that dancer is a flamboyantly gay reindeer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that just made me laugh so much. I'm like leg warmers. <laughs> 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 oh. Yeah, that's, I mean, there's, there's... Oh, it was really funny, too. When Cece froze Fran, she thawed by looking at a picture of Mel Gibson. (laughs) (laughs) That's dated one, for sure. That is. Yeah. Santa, Uh, so Santa thanks Fran, asks Chester to become his lead reindeer. mm -hmm. They get a ride on the sleigh, and they fly around the world and going back. Um... Santa ran out of gifts, though. This is where we see Brighton's change, right? Oh, I forgot about this part. He goes to the, uh, they, they end up going to the homeless shelter. Santa's out of gifts. Um, and Brighton had hoarded all these gifts for himself, and he ends up giving them to the kids. Which is, in fact, our undeniable Linus moment. For sure. Yes, absolutely. So this is, there's a continuity thing here. It's a dream. But... Brighton's still affected in the real world somehow. He's better, right? Like, nobody believes Fran when she tells him what happened, mm-hmm. but Brighton seems to be better. Mm-hmm. Right. Brighton says he has to go shopping because us kids have to look out for each other. He needs to get stuff for his siblings. Mm-hmm. So. And Chester is still able to talk. <laughs> yes. It's so curious to me that this whole special was animated instead of starting in the real world and then the animated section being the... I think they wanted it to be able to quote-unquote stand on its own, almost. But it was weird because she was watching watching herself real Fran Drescher on the TV, on the animated TV at the beginning, which was weird. It was a good choice, for sure. Yeah, and... um, uh, And Julia says Rankin Bass is trippy. (laughs) This felt very Rankin Bass. 
but it was super, super curious because if you, if you've ever been to Disney world and you've ridden spaceship earth, they mm-hmm. have uh, animation going on in the car as you're going up. And it's narrated by, I think Helen Mirren or Judy Dench, one of the two, I can't remember. And the animation is exactly this animation where it's kind of angular um, characters. Mm-hmm. And I had a very real spaceship earth vibe from this episode. Just, and I, it's a choice too, because they they used the animation from the the nanny opening credits, right? True. Which is just kind of a weird, uh, hyper stylized, cheap animation uh, that mm-hmm. was originally meant to just be the opening credits of this TV show. And someone yep. went, "Hey, let's make a whole twenty minute <laughs> episode out of that." So. Cheap animation that Rosie O'Donnell likes so much, she used the same type for her opening uh, her talk show yes she did i remember Mm -hmm. that uh i really liked it when they're discussing cc and she's doing the typical thing of relating everything back to her mother fran asks elphis slash niles what's her problem well she's only happy when she's making everyone around her miserable fran says sounds like my mother she's two thousand pounds with arms like a wrestler oi she is my mother Yeah, they had a musical number in here, which is very Rick and Bassy. Mm-hmm. It was. What do we rank this one? We we well, we've it. It's obviously Christmas. Mm-hmm. We have Linus moments. Yeah, but it's kind of surreal and kind of odd. And yeah, uh, does it work? Hate... Okay, let me ask you this: like. If you were to come across, if you knew nothing about the nanny and you were to come across this special on TV and sat down and watched the whole half an hour, do you think it works as a standalone special? Not really. I think it depends a little bit too much on knowing who these characters are. So I don't think it stands alone in that sense, but it's also not a super strong episode of the show because it's this surreal animated odd version of these characters so all around top to bottom it is a weird choice it is weird i agree i agree wholeheartedly well you'll rank i didn't like this too I don't know. I didn't hate it. I'll probably watch it again at some point. Like maybe a <laughs> four. That's where I was going to, Matt. I was going to give it a four. Yeah, I was going to give it a five. So 3.67. Which leaves our last episode for our guest to walk us through the right. Hanukkah story, season 10. <laughs> nope. Season six, episode ten. Six. I'll give you a hint. It begins with ha. <laughs> um, so yeah, this takes place after uh, Max and Fran are married. It is going to be their first Hanukkah as a married couple. And uh, when we reach this point of the show, who had any idea that Max and Fran would end up married watching the season one episode and then watching this? No, it is. Don't. I was as surprised as when Ross and Rachel got together again. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so she's very excited and she's like, oh, and God, it does one of those things 
this is a this is a TV trope since we're talking about TV tropes that drives me crazy. She's like, Max will never miss the first night of Hanukkah. He knows how important it is to me. Well, I'm off. Like, he <laughs> literally walks in immediately after she says that and announces he's leaving. He has to go on business to Boston. Um, and Cece is going with him. And also Gracie is going to go with him. Uh, I can't remember why, but she wants to drive to Boston. So they're going to look at a college, look at a college. That's right. Uh, So they're going to miss the first night of Hanukkah. That's where she runs up to him. And she's like, honey, you're going to, you're good. Have you forgotten? He says, forgotten what? I'll I'll give you a hint. The first letter is ha. And uh, (laughs) what is the second letter? Naka? <laughs> I like that. That made me laugh. <laughs> and he goes, you know, he's, oh, it's the first night of Hanukkah. I'm so sorry, honey. Well, I'll be back to celebrate tomorrow. There are eight nights, right? <laughs> so um, as they're getting ready to leave, this is also after uh, Niles and Cece have admitted they are in love with each other. Uh, so they are play. Niles is, is, is very upset that Cece is leaving. Um <laughs> You know, and she's like, well, oh, Julia's got her hand raised. What's up, Julia? Okay, so question. I Uh did not watch the whole series, and I know you have. What are your general feelings about Niles and Cece liking each other? Liking and hating, but liking each other. I liked it. I think it was a natural progression as the show went on. And I I love a good love-hate relationship like that. Yeah, it's okay. that enemies to lovers thing, but it also yeah. comes down to something I've never 100% understood in general. And Anthony, I think uh, you'll agree with me. It's that thing where like guys are friends, but they seem to never say anything nice to each other ever. And I'm yeah, like, I don't understand can't figure that. out if they're actually friends with each other. Like, I'm like, why are you guys friends? All you do is say mean stuff to each other. Anyway, so like, it's fine. Like they're enemies to lovers. It is ultimately very funny. Um, And I think like Anthony said, it's a little bit natural in that like um, childish schoolyard way. Like the idea that Mm -hmm. like the boy is going to pull the girl's pigtails because he likes her, which is a whole other thing that I could talk about. But, you know, it's a, it's, um, Anyway, just another one of my favorite jokes. She goes, well, if you think of anything nasty or insulting to say, just leave, just call my machine and leave a message. I'll check it later. <laughs> um, Maybe if I had had like the buildup to that, it wouldn't feel so abrupt because like from sure. an isolated episode, I was like, oh, I don't like this. I like them to just snarkily not like each other and not have love in the mix at all. Mm-hmm. But I also didn't have the buildup. So, okay, yeah. great yeah there's some build up to it um mostly after cc comes back from the as she calls it the place (laughs) you know niles when i was away at the place she calls the (laughs) mental asylum the place she won't admit she was in a (laughs) anyway um so they leave and and fran is very upset and she you get the greatest flashback where she's like, but I've always loved this holiday and flashback to uh, Fran playing her own mother and this little girl going, I hate Hanukkah. How come we can't celebrate Christmas? <laughs> Oi, after all that walking we did in the desert. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we have parades? Uh, first of all, Fran, uh, 
Fran Drescher does her mother really well. And yeah. uh, to your point, Matt, she can still get it blonde and brunette. Yep. Yeah. Um, her mother on this show also, Renee Taylor, just shout out. Very, very funny. Um, <laughs> she's fantastic. Um, and so uh, Fran kind of realizes, nope, nope. Like, like I can't, like all I really ever wanted was for my family to enjoy Hanukkah. Not like, you know, when I was a kid. Um, so she calls Max on the phone or, uh, Max calls her, um, either way. Uh, and, uh, they're on the most desolate road between New York city and Boston imaginable. (laughs) I can't figure out how they didn't just hop on the highway and drive straight there. Like it's, it's yeah. highway all the way there. And somehow they are out oh, in the actually, boonies lost. Actually, that's something I wanted to bring up from the first episode too. I hate, hated the interior of that church because the exterior is St. Patrick's Cathedral. And then they go in and it was a, so cheap looking, looked worse yeah. than the Brady Bunch church, which they looked like it was filmed in a real church, that old Brady Bunch <laughs> special. And I was just so annoyed. Like, St. Patrick's Cathedral is beautiful around Christmas. And oh, it was annoying, the misrepresentation. But <laughs> was it jarring to anyone else going back to this episode, watching these three back to back, seeing how much Gracie grew up between the two, the three episodes? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Quite yeah. a bit. Yeah. Yep. Quite a bit. Yeah. So they get in a car accident and they go into a ditch somewhere on this imaginary back road between New York City and Boston. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Fran obviously gets worried because, um, you know, the people she loves are out there in in the in the ditch. And uh, meanwhile, in the car, uh, they realize, you know, number one gracie has gotten car sick a couple times that happened earlier but she got car sick threw up all over turned around and threw up on cc and um cc being i'll never know the touch of my beautiful ne- Island. No. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, basically it's a hanukkah story right because he's like well it looks like we'll only have enough gas to keep us warm for about an hour so hopefully somebody will find us Mm-hmm. Um, and then they go back and, uh, Fran is sitting out on the porch, like hoping that they'll come home and, uh, a, a nun shows up and she prays with the nun and, uh, you know, sister, uh, sister, <laughs> sister, sister. <laughs> and, um, you know, Max, Gracie and Cece, they, they come home, uh, they're alive. They had enough gas for an hour, but it lasted for eight. Again, I don't know where they are, that it took them eight hours to be found in a ditch. Um, Again, between New York and Boston. Between New York and Boston, like the most metropolitan area on the eastern seaboard. But, um, and, uh, you know, and then they they go and they they celebrate Hanukkah, you know, they she got her wish, you know, they have the best uh, first day of Hanukkah on the second day. The end. The end. This the end. was fun. It was her favorite second day, first day Hanukkah celebration. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love the flashbacks in this one. Like, 
Fran playing her mom, but then also, why can't we have a Christmas tree? <laughs> <laughs> I love the flashbacks of Maxwell when he was a child. And oh yeah, I skipped over. Yeah, the, uh... you need to talk about your. You need to talk about your quote, Matt. <laughs> oh, which one? About Maxwell at the table with the, oh with Niles. Maxwell, he's at the table and uh jerry d brought this up earlier it reminds him of uh the uh batman or bruce wayne and vicky vale having soup in batman the movie uh yeah. the very long table father do you know what my favorite thing about christmas is the whole family being together uh what's your second favorite thing <laughs> spending christmas with you uh, what's your third favorite thing? You're not going to be home for Christmas, are you? Oh, go play with that butler's son. Oh, I'm not going to be a butler. He's going to be your butler one day. No, sir, I'm not going to be a butler. I'm going to be a rich barrister someday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and it ends with um, uh, Max and uh, Fran. They're cuddling on the couch and their younger selves are standing on the staircase watching them and they're all... You know, Max is like, oh, look how well I turned out. I'm a rich man. You know, I got a rich, I'm rich. I have a beautiful wife. And Fran's like, look how good I look, like amazing. And I have a beautiful husband. And they're like, where are you, Niles? He's like, I told you, I'm going to be a barrister. I'm I'm off in court somewhere. And they're like, Niles. And he walks in with like the toilet brush. <laughs> but then Cece comes in. And Cece. Niles is yeah, and then young Niles is like, ooh, who's that? <laughs> so. oh. This, this was one fun. was fun. It was fun. Yep. Uh, no line this moment. No. No. But, and it felt more Hanukkah-y than Christmas-y, which naturally. Sure. Yeah. But I enjoyed it. I didn't it's... like it as much as the first one. It is kind of odd to me. It is a show that ran for five seasons on network television. And it was uh, one of the first really big shows to feature, you know, uh, a Jewish lead. Uh, It's it's odd they didn't have something for Christmas and or Hanukkah every year. They only had these three and one of them was animated. So Mm -hmm. normally... TV shows on on network television have a Christmas episode. So, yep. but it, so we all liked the Hanukkah episode pretty well. Yeah, yeah, it was six. all right. All right. You give a six, you said, Julia. Yeah, I like a six. I'll come in at a six. Let's. Yeah, I'm right there at a six too. I think. Let's make it a six. Nice. So that puts the first uh episode at 8.3 this one at six and then season three is at 3.67 that feels right to me yep yeah it was fun visiting these yeah so the nanny i mean to your point um matt well first of all i don't think there had ever really been a huge show about a jewish person the jewish person and their traditions being the focus Mm. Uh, as much as the nanny was but also did you know the nanny was the first show to have a the world's first laugher laugher wrangler as a job that oh, for fran yeah so fran streshner in 85 suffered a home invasion and attack so she didn't want 
she wanted mm-hmm. audiences pre-screened because she was afraid of strangers in the audience because of that home invasion. So the yeah. show hired central casting together a cast of laughers who would be recorded during taping. And then the audio track would be added to the episodes of post-production. And uh, so the job was the Laugher Wrangler. And that was the first show to ever use that, but it's become popular with sitcoms and stuff. Yeah, I believe I've heard. Yeah, I believe I heard that she had some post-traumatic issues. Yep. Side note, uh, anyone who's ever in New York City, 7 East 75th Street, that's the Sheffield House on Park Ave. And it is a gorgeous building. I wondered. So, yep. Gorgeous building. I'm sure the people who actually own that house are sick of people walking by and taking pictures. Just like the people who like live in uh, Friends and Seinfeld Apartments. I was going to say, I feel like not that long ago, somebody I know walked by that house and took a picture and somebody asked about that. And they said, I, don't, I didn't see really any other people out. So I don't know. I know that, like, for example, um, out in LA, uh, last I heard, the people that owned the Golden Girls house were trying to put up or were not or were planning to put up great big huge hedges because they were tired of people coming to their house. And all I could think was, why do you buy a why famous- buy it? <laughs> right. Why did you yeah. buy a famous house? Like, why did you do that if you don't want people coming to your house? Although yeah. um on on the other hand, I also real I also felt bad for example the people that kept getting pizza thrown at their house that uh from the breaking bad. So Ugh. Mm, yeah. yeah 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 it sucks it must and then i know just in amityville they had to change the address of the house and uh, they changed the entire outside they, they changed, changed what it those looks iconic like, right? windows yeah, yeah. They, have, they have police presence throughout october on the street to stop people gawking oh my Halloween. yeah that's awful that yeah. is awful not awful was having matt here today and getting oh. his views on the nanny I'm excited to see what other people think of the nanny and specifically these episodes. And where can they do that? They can do that at uh, NRA.org. This episode is brought to you by the NRA. Do you enjoy publishing books that teach children about uh, proper running away from guns? Join the NRA today. Or linktree.com slash the podcast where you will find a link to all of our social media and uh, can give us all of your thoughts on the nanny and Christmas, Christmas in July slash Leon day or uh, the NRA. Actually, I have a question I want to pose our listeners and they can answer on our social media. So Leon day, I have ideas for what we could do Leon day which we'll take that off mic. But Christmas in July, we always do something different. In the past, we've done, now that's what we call it, is a podcast Christmas, and everyone loved our singing voices. We've done, we've talked about the quote-unquote worst Christmases where people sent in their stories about the Christmas mm-hmm. uh, every child remembers that last Christmas. You've had an award show for our anniversary last year. We've done lots mm-hmm. of cool things. So what would you like to hear different for Christmas in July this year for a bonus episode? Like, what would you like to, uh, you know, we've done foreign traditions. Like, we've done a lot of cool stuff for Christmas in July. So 
If you have any ideas, let us know. Just we yeah, let's crowdsource this one. Yeah, crowdsource this one because we don't want to just necessarily do a bonus movie or whatever that month. So let us know. <laughs> and also at linktree.com, you can get to our Patreon page where for as little as a dollar per month, you get full length bonus content. Uh, while it has been slow these past few months, I am stacking up for the Burr months. Um, Matt here is just on an episode we recorded with a bunch of people yeah. for Halloween. That was a fun one. Me and Julia have an episode coming up for Halloween, which is going to be fun, based on the Ruined podcast. Uh, tons of Halloween content coming up. Tons of Thanksgiving and Christmas content going to come up, too. So, the Burr months, that's when to subscribe if you uh, aren't already. So, hang in there, because we're nearly there. Next week, well, no, next week and the week after, we are on hiatus. Yes, Julia's going to Disney World. Yay, Julia! Yay. Nice. Uh, maybe me and Tom will do something. We yes, we will. But we do know that in three weeks from now, we are back and we will be covering Kenny and Dolly, A Christmas to Remember with Mr. Andy DiGenova, um, who is a prolific podcaster. You probably heard him on Disorder or Holy Backcast or Real Fans of Real Movies or Why Not Futurama or any of his podcasts. I don't know how he has a job and a family and four or five <laughs> podcasts going. But uh, really excited to have him on the show. And the week after that, we'll be covering Stickman, which is a British special done in the style of The Snowman and Father Christmas. So, Ooh. Lots of fun stuff coming up. Matt, thank you for joining us. You want to do a plug for... Oh, yeah. Um, if you want to listen to my uh, Christmas-related podcast, it is called North Pole Radio. Uh, mostly, I talk to uh, other Christmas performers, Santa's, Mrs. Claus's. Um, <clears throat> I've also talked to uh, some great people from the Christmas Podcast Network. And uh, most recently... Yeah. And uh, most recently, uh, I talked with Rick Goldschmidt, who is the official historian and biographer of Rankin Bass. Uh, that was a ton of fun. I could have talked to Rick forever. And uh, he, he already said I could invite him back and I'm totally going to. So North Pole Radio. Rick's a good guy. I've talked to him a few times on Totally Rad Christmas. He's a mm -hmm. wealth of knowledge. He's pretty yep. awesome. He really is. It's really cool. We loved having you, Matt. You're always so fun. Thanks, Julia. So are you. Matt, I know for a fact when I eventually get the Impractical Jokers on here, I'm inviting you back on. Heck yeah. Also, Matt, stay tuned because I know you're a Rick and Morty fan and uh, I'm getting the, those Christmas episodes <laughs> on the list. So uh, you can laugh Heck at yeah. Julia and Tom's oh. uncomfortableness while I'm oh, laughing yeah. to myself. Oh, oh man, I can't wait. I can't wait to talk about that one. Oh, it'd be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Also amazing is the fact that we only have 4,872 hours until Christmas. That's only 203 days. Which is merely 29 weeks. Which I guess is, yeah, about six and a half months. <laughs> which is crazy. We're under 30 weeks. We're under 200 days. We're six and a half months away. That's insane. So... Like you mentioned earlier, the fall stuff is already out at certain stores. So Burr Months will be here before you know it, which is exactly the type of uh, vision we need to get through the hot, hot summer ahead. So do your homework, y'all. Matt, thank you again. Thanks. 
Julia, have fun in Disney. Tom, I'll speak to you soon. Let's Bye, talk yo. next week. <laughs> Bye! feeling so we won't ever grow but we're working out three feet of fun for mr ho 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 making toys for girls and boys we're bringing joy to the world i call it oi to the world that's nice i like it she calls it oi to the world say you be a good elf you're cute as can be and i hear you're a graduate of the nasal academy